0: All right, I hate to do this, but I'm going to talk about sports this morning for a little bit. I know it's super cliche, especially on Super Bowl Sunday. But as you know, I'm a baseball coach. And as we prepare for the season, we actually start practicing for our upcoming season in January. Um, So we get together in a gym or in the Dome. And when we do so, we invite our players to cast a vision. We ask them a couple questions. The first one being, what do you hope our team accomplishes this year? And the second is, what do you uh, as a player hope to accomplish? Do we want to win more games than we did last year? All of our team will say, absolutely, uh, yes. Uh, Do our players want to improve in specific skills or even make the all-star team? Some of our players, if not all of them, will say, yes. And so we force our players to think about our team and our personal goals because it's really easy to just show up, especially in January or uh, even March, week after week, thinking we're pushing towards something, only to find out that we've just been kind of going through the motions. So when our team says, says yes, we, we, we want to win more, we want to hit better or make less throwing errors and even make an all-star team, we love these statements because it gives us permission as their coaches to hold them to those statements. We remind them of those statements when they're tired, they're bored or distracted, we remind them, this is what you said, this is your goal and this is our team's goal. But making statements and even reminding them is one thing, right? Getting there, accomplishing the vision they have for our team and for them as a player is another thing. And so the third question we ask them is, uh, how are you going to make it happen? Yeah, you've made this statement. Yeah, you want to win more games. Yes, you want to hit better or throw better or whatever it might be. How are you going to make it happen? Because visions, vision statements come with a cost. For every yes we accept, there are other things we have to say no to or even things we have to say yes to. Yes. Yes. So our players have committed to making three quarters of our practices. They're gonna participate fully even when tired. They're gonna give all they have, or at least the best that they can for the 90 minutes with us every week. And on top of that, they're gonna give us at least 15 minutes a day at their home, working on juggling skills or throwing or hitting, whatever it might be. They're gonna do push-ups and squats. They're gonna take, uh, they're gonna do planks or watch instructional videos. They're going to do some things in order for them to get somewhere. And we call these action steps, these things we feel we must say yes to in order to achieve a vision. We call it our mission. We are on a mission to achieve a vision. Last week, we made a bold statement. We cast a pretty large vision. We're not here this morning to sing songs necessarily, to listen to a lead-in pray, partake in communion, and head home for the sake of just doing some stuff. No, we believe that we're being called to become a radically inclusive community, learning to be with Jesus, become like Jesus, so we will love like Jesus. This is our proposed vision for the next five years. And it's a big vision and clearly too big for us alone, but thank goodness God is here. The Spirit is with us. Everywhere we go, the Spirit is with us. Every step we take, the Spirit is with us. Because God is here, the Spirit is with us. And God does not call us to do anything God's already not doing. You see, God has been moving us towards this vision, we believe, for years. And it's exciting to say it out loud and to say it proud. Reunion is and will be a radically inclusive community, learning to be with Jesus, become like Jesus, so we will love like Jesus. If you're hearing that vision statement for the very first time, I would encourage you to go and listen to our podcast from last week where I do break down each of those areas and what the words mean and why we chose them. But I will say this. When it comes to radically inclusive, it just is, doesn't just mean, of course it means, and it, but it doesn't just mean the marginalized. Especially in a post-evangelical world, there are people who hold traditional views on a number of things, and that's okay if... For the same of us, same as us, if we're willing to place any view, any belief, any doctrine, any theology, any uh, area of our lives—finances, sexuality, our marriage, our job—if we're willing to open those up and place them before the Holy Spirit and says and ask, <laughs> does this belief system, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, all the things I just listed, does this help me love others? like Jesus loves me. Does this help me love others as Jesus loves me? And for some of you, you can hold on to whatever belief you've got. If in your heart, in community, you discern that yes, this looks like Jesus. And if it does, we want you to run wild with it. We want you to be okay with it and find peace with it. But we would continue to ask everyone at any stage just to be open with it as well. That we are a church trying to figure out what it looks like to hold different views because we are discerning together what the holy spirit is doing and leading us into and we think it looks like christ-like love are we all in the same place are we at the same place (laughs) absolutely not are we on the same journey that's the big question are we willing to move in a direction where we are willing to open up any aspect of our lives and say hey does this reflect the teachings the practices in the character of Jesus. And if it doesn't, then regardless of what it is, we have to submit it to the Holy Spirit and say, God, would you do a work in me? Would you do a work in this area and help us reconstruct around the person, our our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? Now, that all being said, I do want to say the next, or I try to answer in the next couple of minutes the big question that we were all asking last week. It's fun to say this is who we want to be, but how in the world are we going to do it? And so to achieve the vision of this church, the same for my players in baseball, we must be on a mission. We must have tangible um, steps that we can evaluate and say, do these things help us do it? And if they don't, then we shouldn't. Or what do we need to start doing in order to help us get there? And so we have uh, outlined in your forward report five strategic steps that are going to help us start to track towards successfully accomplishing and becoming this radically inclusive community who is learning to be with Jesus, become like Jesus so we will love like Jesus. And so I'm going to go through each of the five briefly here this morning, and then we're going to get into breakouts like we do, and we're going to discuss them. I want you to raise questions and comments and, and wonder with us about, okay, so is this what God's asking us to do? And if it is, how, we, how what's it going to cost us? Because for every yes we say, there comes with a corresponding no, right? We have to stop doing certain things in order for us to start. It's easy just to do, 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 do and we don't want to burn out or overwhelm our our, our crew. We want to focus, be absolutely focused. And so let's go through the five together. You can find them on the forward report. Um, if you haven't received that, send me a message and I'll make sure that you get it or sign up on our website at the bottom for our weekly email and you'll receive it again on Tuesday. But here's the first one here's what we sense and this isn't necessarily a hierarchy Um, some of them will make sense if they progress but here's the the one of the big ideas that we think we need to step into uh, over if not now certainly by the end of year five this will be solidified so here it is number one we want to prioritize children and youth ministries by hiring dedicated staff while developing or continuing to develop a robust volunteer network which will ensure a nurturing environment for our young crew. Children make up about 42 percent of our crew. In this demographic, as it grows, uh, so does their need for connection and a team to really help them engage as they're equipped, established, and empowered as apprentices of Jesus. We don't talk about our children being the church of tomorrow. We believe that children and the youth in this community are the church right now, and therefore we are called as their parents and as their, um, their spiritual leaders to pour into their apprenticeship as we sense we ought to be pouring into each other's. And so when we were asked, or when we asked you actually, in the fall, what's your number one priority for our community? This was it. It was a resound- resounding response. We need to pay more attention to our children and youth. I do want to say this. We've been doing okay in this area. Is there room for improvement? Absolutely. But is there a ministry right now? Is it working? Do we have a a volunteer base? We do. And that's in large part thanks to my wife, Kristen. She's been overseeing this ministry for the last five years. Almost five years as it started in our home. And uh, she's been doing great. Now, she has a full-time job. She's a public school teacher, and she's a mom, and she's a wife. She's got all these roles within our home and within our church and within our city. And she's doing the best that she can in all of these areas. But at the same time, if there's room for improvement, she doesn't have margin to take on more. And so it's time for us to reevaluate. And to to cast a vision for our children and youth and wonder, would it not be appropriate because of the community that we have, 42% of us are children and youth, to have dedicated staff who are willing to come alongside and start uh, really going after pouring into them. So we'd love to see connections for our kids. We want to see an increased connections for our youth. We want to see perhaps even a youth table start by the end of the year where our youth can get together and wrestle and question and wonder about their lives because they have a lot going on in their lives. And so this is one area of our church that we're really excited about. What would it look like for us to take care of our youth, uh, to really pour into them as an apprentice, but also therefore in result of that, to help them become a radically inclusive community, learning to be with Jesus become like Jesus so they will love like Jesus and so we have an outward vision of part of this ministry as well like as we pour into our kids they're going to start loving their their friends and caring for their friends in ways that they haven't been or in just increased ways that they have been and that's going to be salt and light in our children's uh, connections and so we, we anticipate our community also growing in response to this. And so yes, we want to prioritize children and youth ministries by hiring dedicated staff while developing a robust volunteer network, which will ensure a nurturing environment, therefore an apprenticeship environment for our young crew. We're looking at a part-time staff member, perhaps it's up to you. This is our, we got a flat leadership because it's going to cost us something as you'll see in the budget in just a moment, but um, perhaps this would look like hiring someone in time for June. They could spend some time with us, get to know our community if they're not already a part of it, and really uh, get prepared and ready for a a reformat of our uh, ministry in September. Which brings us to the second or just another bullet point in uh, these action or missional steps we sense we need to take. We want to passionately pursue our apprenticeship as adults of Jesus, fostering growth and connection through 10 dedicated tables and our Sunday morning gathering. Our vision statement is going to recalibrate and force us to evaluate both our tables and our Sunday morning gatherings. Are they doing what we hoped and what they need to do to transform us into a radically inclusive community, learning to be with Jesus, become like Jesus so we will love like Jesus? And so we want to really pour into our our lives as apprentices. And so we've taken steps already to improve our tables, and we're going to continue to evaluate how those, and yes, our Sunday mornings help us become the vision we sense we should be. And therefore, in order to do that, uh, we want to also see an increased number of tables. We still believe that our tables are the priority in the sense of the community that fosters our apprenticeship. As your pastor, there's certain things that, now I'm a rare bird, so to speak, but I'll be really blo- like boldly honest and transparent on a Sunday morning. Uh, but that's not true for my wife. It's not true for my kids. It's not true for many of you that you would not feel comfortable even in our breakouts sharing the real stuff that's happening, the stuff that you're struggling with, the stuff that you're excited about, the stuff that you're wondering or wrestling through. And so these tables are designed to be an intimate community where you can be you, your everyday self, and present questions and wrestle and discern what is God saying to me and how am I supposed to respond? And so we want to increase our tables uh, to allow for this aspect of our ministry to continue to grow so that your apprenticeship would also grow. We love it. And so we want to see some... Uh, It would be our vision to have some more further in the county. And so we have people coming from Wellington. And there may be one starting there again before the end of the year. But perhaps Wellington, we'd like to see another one uh, relaunch north of the 401. uh, Just to add more opportunity for people within our Sunday morning gathering to get connected. But also, and this is the beautiful thing about our model, there are people who come to our tables who never or seldom, if ever, come to our Sunday mornings. Because Sunday mornings don't work for some people, right? My buddy's kids play hockey. And so he's like, I can't, like, I can't do that at this point, but I love coming to table with my kids. And so this is an opportunity for us to continue to, to wrestle with what does the church look like and how does it respond to community needs? Which brings us to the third or third bullet point, um, not in a hierarchy, but this is certainly a big priority. We want to increase our compassionate presence by identifying and addressing three tangible needs within our parish community and empower our people to make a meaningful impact. And so, so far as a community, we've really focused on compassionate outreach or compassionate presence by being people, like we come along people who are directly connected to us. And so if I know that my neighbor's going through something, I bring it up at my table and our table addresses that issue. The same thing happened a few weeks ago with Kevin and Sarah's um, street, Uh, something uh, terrible happened on their, their street and our table discussed how can we come alongside and love that family. And so we continue to do that and we will continue to do that. So as needs arise in your connected communities, bring them to your tables, bring them to our Sunday morning gathering, bring them to our crew, and we will continue to address those needs. But we also want to identify some larger systemic things happening in our city and surrounding areas. So we got Queenie West, we got Sterling Rodden, we've got Prince Edward County, we got the BOQ in Belleville at Tyendinaga. And so, what are what's happening, and how does our church come alongside organizations already doing some stuff or hoping to do some stuff, and offer them support? We would need to be creative in this sense because we are uh, a church made up of a ton of kids, so we want to see our kids engaged with these, and so it has to be appropriate for our young families and our children. But not every one of them has to be. So there may be some that's yeah, let's get, let's really take on a role and take some responsibility for um, the the homeless population in our city. That might be something that some of us do, but at the same time, it's not necessarily a safe place for our young children to get engaged. So we're going to put a team together right away to start meeting with people, our city councillors and our mayor and other organizations, certainly organizations within our town and beyond, to begin these conversations about this is who we are as a church, What do you need? And are we the right fit? And are we the right crew to come alongside and to really sink our teeth into this? Because we're here as a blessing to our city. And we want to increase that blessing. We want to see that it's just, well, in three specific areas, right? And so we're really excited about about addressing this area of our compassionate presence expanding in the next five years. In order for these things to happen, here's a mission step for us. We want to achieve 80% engagement in both volunteering and consistent financial giving, fueling the vibrant spirit of Reunion Belleville. I've been saying this for years that Reunion is not a come and see kind of church, but a come and be kind of church. And so we, we, we anticipate, because this is our expectation, that apprentices of Jesus are engaged members of our community. That means our church and our city or your community, wherever you name your town or your city. We believe that, yes, you should be engaged in what's happening in the church to some degree but equally, if not even more so engaged in your city. And so that's our expectation as apprentices of Jesus, to love like Jesus. So we wanna see 80% of our crew engaged in some sort of volunteer capacity, helping us achieve this vision for our cities. But it also includes our financial generosity. And so I just wanna stop every, say it every week before we get into our lead in, but how thankful I am for everybody And it's most of us who give to Reunion Belleville to make our financial um, stability possible. And so we're in a great financial position. We have the opportunity to, to really invest in our future because of what you have already given in the present. And so thank you, thank you, thank you. And it's kind of fun to consider, okay, so in the next five years, if we want to have more staff, if we want to be radically engaged in our community, then that's going to require some, some money, right? And so if you look at your financial report for the uh, sub- proposed budget of uh, 2024, you'll see that that's increased actually significantly. And for a moment here, let me just address a couple of things. Uh, as our church develops and grows and moves out of a church plant stage, we've been encouraged because it's good news that we're that we're pretty sustainable now, if not entirely sustainable now, that we are going to start looking at getting our own charitable status that opens us up to different opportunities to really love our city. But that comes with a cost of about 10 to 15, if not, hopefully not more money. So that's tacked onto your budget as well as the f- possibility of hiring some part-time staff. And so we see that jump in our budget because of some short-term things with our charitable status, but hopefully starting to set some precedents in some um, some giving streams that would support us expanding our presence as a crew. And so that's $120,000 that we're hoping to raise this year through financial uh, tithes and offerings. And that can sound like a big number. But it's only, it's only, thank God for your giving, it's only $10,000 more than we raised last year. And the better news is that right now, today, we have 31 potential giving units in our church. Now, if every unit gave on a monthly rhythm, each unit would only have to give. Now, listen to this number. In order for us to hit budget, 31 units give once a month, three hundred and twenty two dollars and fifty eight cents i love that number it's low it's low to some well, okay i wanna here's the second here's the big thing that's low to me there's some of you here this morning who look at that and say wow Wes, that's actually more than i can give that's okay every dollar someone gives is a dollar that puts us in a position to achieve our vision i want to bless you and thank you for that there's no pressure to give the 322 i say it's low because there's some of us and some of you hearing that number now who are like, "I, we can give that. We can do that because of uh, just the way things are in our lives at this given moment. And so for every person who cannot achieve that, there's some of us who can go above and beyond that. And that's why I'm excited about that number. It's not like a radical, like everybody's got to give $700. That would be more stressful for all of us. But 322.58, I think we can average that out and achieve this vision of having hundred and twenty thousand dollars raised this year i will say this we only have about sixty percent of our potential giving units giving on a regular basis and so if you have considered giving or if you've given once a year or whatever it might be we're going to continue to encourage you as an act of worship and investment in our community and in this vision that we see an at least an eighty percent engagement rate in our giving at three twenty two fifty eight again it doesn't have to be that number. It can be less, but we'd like to see a more consistent, engaged financial contribution from across the board for our crew. But that also, can I just say this as well, Um, this is not related to financial giving, but I think it's it's an important aspect of another question that was raised last week about community. What does it look like for us to be a community invested in one another? I said this last week, and so I just want to, with grace and hopefully love, I hope you know that, uh, push a little bit in this area because on any given Sunday, we average about 30 to 35% of our community who is present here. And I just made a statement that we know Sunday mornings isn't the only way. And in fact, it's some to some people, it's an impossible way to connect to our crew. But uh, there is a capacity issue for us. I think it says a couple of things about our community um, that we only see this amount of people what would it look like? And so I want you to dream with me a little bit. We have 113 people right now connected to our church. And a couple weeks ago we had about, I don't want to say like maybe 55%, almost 60% of our people here. And the entire atmosphere changed. And I'm not pushing some emotional thing, I'm not. So I don't know how to explain it without saying it feels different, but it does. When we've got a difference between 30 adults and sometimes over 60 adults, that's a significant shift, significant shift in how it how we sing, um, it changes um, every aspect of how we're even engaging beforehand, because some of you are our hardcore introverts and sometimes our extroverts are in here or vice versa. And so if when we have a balanced representation of our crew here, it totally changes the experience and the atmosphere of our crew together. And so we're going to be pushing in a gentle way for a more consistent attendance to either our tables or our our Sunday mornings because community only develops as we spend time together. And so does it change the atmosphere and the feel of it? Yes because we get to know each other we feel safe with each other i can sing loud and off key (laughs) because i know that there's uh, 70 other people a hundred other people singing loud and on key around me it gives me permission to engage in worship that's a way that's not when we have a, a much smaller crew but the second or another thing i'd like to say is that it speaks volumes to people who are checking us out and i say that i don't know how to say that even but when people come into a room that's that's representing our crew they get a real taste of who we are and they begin to actually see that hey God is doing something with Reunion Belleville when I say to my friends and there's 113 people in our crew and then they show up and there's 25 of us here there's some questions especially for my friends who are introverts so like ah, this is way too intimate I don't know what I'm doing I stand out in this community um, whatever it might be And so for the sake of our city, for the sake of people who are coming to hang out with us, a more consistent presence together changes our relationships, but it gives people permission to come in and kind of blend in without feeling like they're sticking out. And so what would it look like for you to increase your engagement in our community for the sake of our community? I will say for every yes, there's going to be corresponding no's. For every time you say, yes, I'm going to church, it means you have to say no to something else. And I know that that's a big deal. But that's going to lead us, I believe. If we had an 80% uh, engagement in in volunteering, in finances, in attendance, or engagement in our community, when we've got dedicated staff helping our kids and we're pouring into three specific areas in our city as we continue to love our neighbors, here's the final point. We believe that we're gonna expand our reach or our, um, our presence by adding a new site or a second expression of Reunion Bellevue, because gathering size will impact our culture. We have 113 people in our crew and we often wonder, can we be ourselves if everyone showed up? And so in a couple minutes, let us uh, hopefully in two minutes, we're going to get into breakouts. Can we do that with 113 people? I don't know. We've never had to. We'd love to try it and see it. what does it look like to be reunion with our whole crew. And we think that size does impact the way in which we operate. We've never had a vision of being a mag- like whatever a mega church means. We don't have a vision of having like 300 people gathering here on a Sunday morning. We believe it's more, more Christ-like to have smaller groups and smaller churches meeting throughout this area. And so let's say we grew to be 300 people in the next five years. We would intentionally through organic growth and relationship as a part of our culture statements look at planting another reunion in the county or north wherever it might be that's strategic and already taking place and so we believe that our church is going to grow because good things grow good things grow and we continue to grow because there's a good thing taking place with the holy spirit in our community but we think uh, size does matter you can be too big And we want to be honest right at the forefront and say, as we continue to grow, we think we can outgrow our culture and what it looks like for us to become a radically inclusive community, learning to be with Jesus, become like Jesus so we will love like Jesus. (laughs) That's a lot of talking from me. I'm so sorry it took me that long, but I think that there, I'm hopeful, I'm hoping that that's been helpful. So let me just say them one more time as we break into groups and you discuss What do you think, or what do you know, or what do you wonder, what do you think, what do you know? What do you wonder, think, or know about these statements? What's your questions, your comments, what gets you excited, what are your concerns? As we prioritize children and youth ministries by hiring dedicated staff, while developing a robust volunteer network, which will ensure a nurturing environment for our young crew, we're gonna passionately pursue our apprenticeship to Jesus, fostering growth and connection through 10 dedicated tables and a Sunday morning gathering, we're going to increase our compassionate presence by identifying and addressing three tangible needs within our parish community and empowering our people to make a meaningful impact. We hope to do this by having 80% engagement in both volunteer, but also connection to our community as well as consistent financial giving as that fuels our vibrant spirit here at Reunion Belleville. And finally, because we're doing these things, Because, as a result, we envision expanding our presence by adding a new site and or second expression of Reunion Belleville because gathering size impacts our culture." I love it. I'm excited about it. It doesn't mean this is all of it. It doesn't mean that some of this will be included. We're getting together on Wednesday, February 21st to to be real serious about this conversation. We can either put our stamp of approval on it or make some adjustments but in this moment now as you break into groups what is God saying to you and how are you going to respond